welcome to the Building 58 podcast. We're so excited to have you join us on this journey. My name is Chris Taves. I'm with my wife, Heather Taves. Hello, Christopher. How are you? I am so great. Good. Me too. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Podcasting with my best friend. It's pretty cool. No, it's awesome. In our cool little office we have set up here. Yep. It's going to be great. So we should really tell people what this is all about. I think so. Um, since it's we've been a little um, ambiguous up to this point. Yes. About building fifty eight, people think we're buying some building and. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. It's more of a metaphor right now. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So tell us, tell us about the journey. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about uh, about how we met. Ooh, I like first. that story. I know we don't have to get too detailed. Okay. But it's kind of fun. It's really the starting place for. Yeah for us in ministry together mm-hmm. and what God's called us to for what he's really called us to years ago together. Yeah. So you and I were both part of a ministry when we were um, high school, college age. Yes. And you lived and worked out of Indianapolis and I lived at home and we would travel to these seminars and you were in charge of transportation and I was in charge of, um, or a part of the children's ministry team. Mm-hmm. And we would go all over the world, all over the North America and, um, you went to some places internationally, and I went to some places internationally, and we would hold conduct these seminars. Yes, it was awesome. And then we met first in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yep. In 1997. Yep. It snowed a ton there, mm-hmm. Winterpeg, as mm-hmm. it's affectionately called. Yep. And I picked you up from the airport, the airport that no longer exists. They've torn it down. Torn it down. I saw you coming down the escalator. <laughs> they couldn't handle us. Fell in love. Yep. <laughs> they had to tear it down. Yep. That's prophetic right there, actually. Right. They built a new one. They built a new one. Yep. So we really, our hearts were intertwined in ministry before we were even, before we even fell in love, before we knew that we were supposed to live our lives together as husband and wife, which is really cool. Very cool. That, 21 years ago. Yeah, that it started that way. Um, and then we got to do ministry together for the next few years until we got married in, in 2000. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing ministry together, Chris, for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Yep. 18 plus years. I mean, married well, for 18 married years. Married for 18, but doing Yep. And then doing, doing it a couple of years before that. 20, so 20, 20 some yeah. years. Yeah. So that foundation is just incredible. I don't take that lightly. No. I know that so many people. Um, long for that kind of a, a relationship with their spouse and just that the way that it's, it's brought our hearts together. And mm-hmm. so we're very, very grateful for that. Um, yeah, our minds are so united. We, we say the same things a lot of the time because mm-hmm. our hearts are so united together. So mm-hmm. it's very cool to see. Yep. And our love for the local church too is, um, I mean, that's where it, it all kind of really blossomed, I think, in our lives uh, when we lived in California, mm-hmm. uh, really stepping in, starting to step into serving the local church there mm-hmm. and um, just understanding that the church is a representation of um, the bride of Christ. Right. And um, we and, loved our church in California. Uh, so it was awesome. a, it was a big church. EV free. Yeah. Yeah. Fresno, so California. You got involved in junior high ministry, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Crazy. What in the world? Who knew? That was so cool. And then I helped out with mops yep. and quickly stepped into a leader role there, which was really awesome. Loved that. Yeah. And then God called us back to central Illinois mm-hmm. to, before we started a family. Yep. 
and we got very involved in, in Riverside mm-hmm. Church here in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were kid's pastor for I a was. number of years. I was. I loved it. And, you know, it was such a neat experience for me because it was never something that I had ever a position I'd ever put myself in, mm-hmm. but God had put me in it. Yeah. And I I never would have thought, oh, I want to be a kids pastor. But yet all of those years of me pouring my heart out in kids ministry and being the oldest of seven children and having all that experience with kids um, prepared me. And mm-hmm. I didn't know it. And, you know, I think, Chris, so often God is using all of the steps of obedience that we're doing and all of the things in our lives that seem so everyday-ish mm-hmm. to prepare us for what he has for us for that next step. And so when yeah. a friend of mine approached me and said, like, hey, um, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me you're supposed to be the kids pastor. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it so caught me off guard, but within just, I would say a couple hours of letting that sink into my spirit and my soul. And then talking with you about it, we were both like, yep, this is yep. it. So, um, I did that for a few years until we had our first child. Um, and you were really such a awesome support. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was trying to find my place, I think, but, but also at the same time, just very um, content to support you and yeah. in, in what God had called you to you to what really it was calling us to. Yeah. I mean, maybe you were the more of the face and I was behind that behind the scenes, but I've always looked at it as um, our ministry together. Well, you were, you were hands down my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You know, you were the, the shoulder I would come and cry on when things were hard. And you were the one that, that cheered me on and encouraged me and told me that this was a calling and, mm-hmm. um, so was that hard for you in that season to kind of know that I really had a very clear call in my life? Did you feel like you were? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I think I I was trying to figure out long term what God had put on my heart yeah. and, and um, who I was, right? what my voice was supposed to be. Um, but in my whole life, I was trying to figure that out. Like sure. this whole journey of faithfulness and taking one obedient step at a time, I yeah. think is, as looking back now, I can see that in the moment, it's right. much harder. You can see all of the steps that God allowed you to take. Because yeah. we were in our early 20s at this point, yeah. in mid-20s. Yeah. And man, those are some hard years. Yeah, because you, we live in this culture and this generation that's everything's instantaneous. Yeah. You know, we post instantaneously mm-hmm. um, on social media. Right. We can download a movie mm-hmm. immediately. We microwave everything. We yeah. go through a drive-through. So we're programmed for having everything instantaneous. That's right. And that's not necessarily the heart of God. You don't. Right. You don't walk out um, and become what God wants you to fully become in like a flash. Right. In an instant. It takes steps. Yeah. You know, it's just like Abraham when God called him. Uh, he called him to a land that he didn't know where he was going, Yeah. but he was obedient and he took one step at a time Yeah, that's right. and eventually he got there, Yeah. but it didn't happen overnight. Right. So our years at Riverside really was the, for us, it was the foundation of us falling in love with the local church um, fully. Like we, yeah. we, we started to experience that when we were in California a little bit and just that, that need and that desire to be a part of the local church, the body of Christ. Yeah, like and that's how God does his ministry on the earth. It's right. through the church. That's who he's coming back for. Right, You right. and me, the church. Yes. So then our years at Riverside, we, we just, that was solidified. Um, and then we actually left 
that church um, to plant a church with a good friend of ours. And we were faithful in that for over a year. Mm -hmm. And God just didn't have that path for us to continue on. Um, Great learning. Really, yes. Season. Yes. And I think it's so, you know, we don't look at that as failure. No. Like the fact that 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 church didn't continue on, we look at it as, wow, God allowed us to learn so much in that Mm -hmm. season. And some of it was hard and we've actually had to go back, you know, and there's been restoration. There's been some healing that's happened years later. But I think sometimes, Chris, people look at things that maybe don't continue on and they automatically just think, oh, well, that's failure. Yeah. And and it does feel that way sometimes in the moment. But what God is so faithful to do is to take that thing mm-hmm. that you might view as failure and say, but look what I taught you in this. Yeah. Look what I, how I um, pulled you through this. Yeah. That's a journey, right? Like if you look at the children of Israel going into the promised land, um, they had like 31 cities they had to conquer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it didn't just like stop with Jericho. Jericho was an amazing victory, the first victory, and God won that victory. But right after that, they messed up. Yeah. Like one person's sin going into AI ruined, cost uh, hundreds of people, thousands of people possibly, I can't remember exactly, their lives. Right. And so it's a journey. It's a battle. And because of that failure, though, they learned how to go to the next city. Yeah. You know, and and conquer that one. So just because you fail once, um, it's not a failure. It's a journey. Right. And we're we're all going to mess up. We're all going to make mistakes. But it's how you respond to that. That's right. So that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And then in the last 12 years, God has just given us such an amazing, incredible opportunity to be a part of two churches Mm -hmm. that have planted and started and are thriving. And, um, you know, we spent seven years um, with friends of ours planting a church that God used in massive ways to reach people who were yeah. really far from the Still Lord. Still reaching people yeah. far, far from God. And it's what great. a, man, just good years of our lives yeah. that we we loved that so much. Absolutely. We We poured our heart and soul yeah. into that. And, and the cool thing is that all of those years, um, we were really serving and felt called to serve um the man who's the pastor of that church, we felt called to serve the vision God had given him because God had given him a really clear vision. Mm -hmm. And we knew in that season, like this, this wasn't about us Mm -hmm. pushing our agenda or pushing. um, We didn't have an agenda. It was just the call of God in our life was to hold up his arms and to help him accomplish the call of God on his life. And man, we loved it. Didn't we? Absolutely. It was such a great time. And I think, you know, definitely pieces of our heart are still there forever for for eternity and and so many lives are changed because of that yeah and i would never take back anything any amount of time blood sweat and tears literally that we that we spent there and it's been so awesome and what it did was really take our leadership to the next level because i don't think when that church began i don't think i really identified myself as a leader I think I was, and I think I was doing leader things, but yep. I don't think that I was like, I, I Heather Taves, am a leader. Mm-hmm. And But seven years later, coming out of yes, that, absolutely. I, I knew that, that I was. I knew that I was called to be a leader. And, and that's walking through a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, leading at a church is not just uh, peaches and roses. No, no. A lot of, whenever you're leading people and loving people, it's, yeah. messy. it's messy. And there's a lot of... Things that come across, you know, your desk or your email that you're like, 
wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. But it's a battle. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're fighting um, not against people, but for people. Right. Right? So we right. always have to remember that. We're not fighting against people. We're not fighting against flesh mm-hmm. and blood. We're fighting against spiritual wickedness and darkness. Yeah, that's right. So then, um, you know, God moved us on from there, and we just had this ama- amazing privilege to start a brand new church in our city. Yes. And the last church that we were at was not in our city, and that was okay. That's where God had us. But... Talk to me a little bit, Chris, because I really feel like this conversation about loving our city started with you. So can you can you tell us a little bit about where that comes from? Because you're not from here. Not I am now. You are now, but you're not originally. You're not native yeah, to Peoria, Illinois. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, uh, I travel a lot for work. I've been traveling extensively internationally around the world for the last 10 years. And... Um, Obviously, living in Peoria for, what, 17 17 of those years. And often I'll hear people say through those 17 years and and currently today, just kind of diss on Peoria and the greater Peoria area. And I've always scratched my head and thought, you know, it's this thing about people thinking the grass is always greener on the other side. And I'm here to tell you, this this city... (laughs) Where it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it is a great place to live. It is a great place to yeah. raise a family. Yeah. And God has his hand on the city. There's great things going to come from this city. So if you want to make me righteously angry, then just hmm. talk about how bad Peoria is. Yeah, just on your city. Yeah. It's. I'm telling you, I've been to a lot of places in the world, and this yeah. is a great place. It really is. And so a f- couple years ago, I remember you specifically, you started Instagramming some things about the city and hashtag I love, love our city and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, it was inspiring for me because as someone who is native to here and has grown up in this area, you know, it's just it's just where I've always grown up. It's where, where I've always been. Um, I think and- a lot of it, too, and your brother may have mentioned this the other day, but a lot of it could be because I am kind of an outsider. Sure. I have a perspective that a yeah. lot of people that have grown up here don't have. Yeah. It's like Jesus in his hometown. Yeah. Like he didn't do miracles in his hometown. Right. Um, not because he couldn't do miracles, but because there wasn't enough faith. Right. And I believe people mm-hmm. saw him as kind of just a carpenter. Yeah. You know, oh, there's Jesus the carpenter yeah, yeah. instead of Jesus the Son of yeah, God. Yeah, so good. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, so we three, a little over three years ago, had this amazing privilege to plant a, a church yes. in our city, yeah. in the city of Peoria. Yes. With some wonderful friends and family. And uh, it's been such a journey, three years of of again, blood, sweat, and tears, being faithful and being obedient. And that has been such a privilege. So good. Okay. So you're a couple years older than me. A year and a half. Not that much older. (laughs) Well, you're 40 and I'm not there yet. You will be soon. I know. I know. I try. And it's awesome. 40 rocks. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Um, But something happened on your 39th birthday. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Yeah. We were in St. Louis as a family, um, just hanging out. I remember waking up early on my 39th birthday and just getting into the word in the morning. And I flipped over to Isaiah 58 and this verse just jumped uh, off the page and Mm -hmm. we just left off the page. And it's Isaiah 58 verse 12. And it says this, it says, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. And it was so profound that I, I wrote this, um, 
this this kind of mini blog or, or post on my Instagram, and I wrote this. I said, I turned another year older today. This is the verse that I'm claiming over my 39th year on earth. I want to be a rebuilder of the deserted ruins. I want to be known as a restorer of homes. I'm not talking about rebuilding bricks and mortar. I'm talking about hearts and souls, that which will last forever. I'm talking about introducing broken people to the rebuilder of souls, mm. seeking out those that are wrecked and connecting them to the only one that can redeem their hearts. Because I was once lost and I was once ruined and I was once wrecked and I was once broken. Mm. But now I'm found, now I'm restored, now I'm redeemed and I'm made whole only because of Jesus, only because of his love. So how can I keep silent? Some of you, not everyone, but some of you. Yes, everyone that is a follower of Jesus Christ has been called out to be a rebuilder and restorer of people. But just because you are called out doesn't mean that you've stepped out. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Not everyone will listen and certainly not everyone will obey. But some of you will. Revival is coming because of some of you. Heaven is falling to earth because of some of you. His name is lifted higher because of some of you. Some of you, that's who I want to be. So who's with me? Hmm. So you got that on your 39th birthday. Yep. So that was July 1st, 2016. Okay. And what did you do with that? Besides, I mean, did you feel like it was, did you know what it meant exactly in that moment? Yeah. I mean, it's, I've been feeling that for a while now, like this um, passion for, obviously the area that I'm planted. I think it's so important just going back to that concept of people like dissing where they live, no matter where it is, uh, we're using Peoria because we're here. Right. But, you know, it's so um, disrespectful to God, I think, to to disrespect where he's planted you. Yeah. If you're, if you're there, if you're wherever you're living, you know, even if it's temporary, like be there. Don't be somewhere else. Yeah. Be planted there, grow there, let your fruit like reproduce there. Right, right. That's good. Okay, so one thing that I do want to mention is that for a while now, you and I have felt this stirring in our spirits, in our souls, that there's something that you and I were supposed to do that was outside of a local church. Like we know yeah. that we're we're in a local church for forever right like god has that on our, yeah, on our hearts like it's the body of christ tear so us away you can, well you can't and as long as you're as long as you're a follower of jesus you're a part of a local church right absolutely well you should be yeah you should be um so but we have been feeling that there was something else that we were supposed to do in as a addition couple, to in what addition we're doing. to yes, it yes absolutely. but had no idea what that yeah. looked like and we've been praying about this talking about it here and there, not not consistently, but just every now and then it would it's come up. It's been a theme that, of something we've talked about. For a few years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward a year and a half to this past January, mm-hmm. January 2018. Your 39th birthday. My 39th birthday. Yeah. And um, just two weeks before that, um, a friend of mine had – I was I – was, In a season where I was just dealing with some of my own things, you know, we all go through those seasons where just some stuff gets in us and we have to, we have to get it out. God's got to get in there and refine us. Right. And it can be painful. But, um, so I was dealing with some of that and a friend of mine texted me a verse and 
it was a catalyst for me for a lot of healing that needed to Mm -hmm. take place. And what it did in my spirit was so beautiful and life-giving and really path-altering in that moment Mm -hmm. because I was able to take my eyes off of myself and put them back on Jesus. Mm, And it was Isaiah 58. Nice. And it was this verse. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. Mm. And part of my problem was that I was very weary. I was dry. I felt worn out. You know, 18 years of ministry will do that to you. And then it goes on to say, you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. I heard that once before. Right. So the same passage that you were given. So on my 39th birthday. You were given that passage. I was given that. Right. And then a couple of weeks before my birthday, this verse Hmm. became a, a catalyst for me in a lot of healing. Then fast forward to my birthday on January 25th. 2018. I woke up really early. Sun was coming up. Actually, the sun hadn't popped up yet. We can see the sunrise from our bedroom window. And I'll never forget this. And I don't know why this stood out to me exactly, but to me, it's a part of the story. There was this pink strip across Mm -hmm. the sky and it was just beautiful. And I lay there looking at it and the Lord prompted a verse in my mind that was actually for my brother. And um, it was something I committed to do, which was to send him some scripture to encourage him. And I thought, hmm, that's a great verse, but I'm not sure where it's at. And I got up and I went to go look where it was from, got my Bible out, and it was from Nehemiah 8. Hmm. And it was this verse. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Lord, Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That verse, Chris, that God gave me on my 39th birthday, first thing in the morning, is the result of the rebuilding of the wall by the people of Israel, Mm -hmm. by Nehemiah, that Isaiah... Had prophesied. Had prophesied yeah. the same passage awesome. that he had given you. Yeah. And so what God was doing was speaking to both of us mm-hmm. on our 39th birthdays, a year and a half apart, the same message, yeah. the same call, the same thing. Like you can't make this stuff up. No. Well, I think sometimes he has to drop that into your soul because there's a year and a half in between that, right? Right. And when we he had, spoke to me. We hadn't talked about your your word no, really but, that much. But what he was doing was building that in us, like building that foundation yes. to be able to do what we need to do next. That right. step by step, that faithfulness every step of the way. And if right. we're listening, um, we'll hear his voice. Right. 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 So that day we went up to Chicago to go yeah, for your birthday. For my birthday, just you and I and we were on the train and I'm just at this point sort of overwhelmed by the presence of God and just this word that I feel like he's spoken to me and, and I, I read it to you and I read some things that I had written and it, this light bulb moment kind of came on for, for both of us. And you went, hold on a second, look at the word that God gave me on my 39th birthday and you pull it up and it was actually in your phone mm-hmm. and you had that portion of scripture highlighted on your phone yeah. and you pulled up your, your notes from that day. 
We're just kind of staring at each other just, like, are you serious right like, now? what? Yeah. Um, so we got to spend the next couple of days together in Chicago having great food and conversation and yes. just saying, God, what does this mean? What does this look yeah. like? And what we really settled on and what we feel so much peace about is that um, Building 58 is about empowering leaders and families. Absolutely. And giving people tools, you know, all along our journey of becoming leaders. And we have so much to learn still. And we're still, sure, we are yeah. gleaning and learning from people that are ahead of us. But we've had 18 years of faithfulness yeah. and obedience and taking the next step that God had in front of us, even though it didn't always make sense. Mm -hmm. And even though it didn't always feel like it was our thing. Right. A lot of the times it wasn't our thing, but we were faithful. And so. And obedient, you know. The great worship is obedience. Yeah. If you break it all down. Yeah. And so if you want to worship God, like it's great to sing songs and lift your hands and clap and jump in church. But if you're not obeying what he's telling you to do and taking that next step, like they go, that goes hand in hand. Right. Right. And I just love this. Um, so our name, Building 58, comes from building, building things up, restoring rebuilding, you know, that Nehemiah rebuilt the wall yeah. that was broken down. And so many people just need someone to say, here, let me help you build mm -hmm. something. Let me encourage you and empower you and give you tools and cheer you mm -hmm. on and see, maybe see in you something you don't even see yeah. in yourself. And yeah. we've both had people do that for us. Absolutely. So building comes from that idea of building the wall. And then 58 obviously comes from Isaiah, Isaiah 58. 58. And this, this verse just, some of you will, will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city, which we believe is prophetic for our city. Yes. And I love this so much. Then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and a restorer of homes. Yeah, that's awesome. Empowering leaders and families. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what Building 58 is about. 58. Yeah. And we don't have all of the um, exact steps, but what we do know is that God has called us to us to this and that uh, we'll be obedient one step, of a, step at a time, even though, you know, everything's not perfect, that we don't have all the answers. We don't have... But we don't even have the next step, really. We just we just know that we're being obedient. We're being called to do this, and so you know it will look like podcasts, yep. um, videos, um, writing, and then something I'm really excited about. You want to talk about the marriage? Yeah, we're gonna thing. do some. Um, we, you know, marriages are so uh, important because it is a picture of Jesus and His bride. Yeah, and Satan loves to attack marriages. Yeah, we and I know that sick and tired. Yep. And of we're gonna we're saying attacked. we're saying no, that's not yeah, gonna happen. No not more. on not on our watch nope. anymore. So nope. um we're gonna open our home um to uh, nights of prayer for mm -hmm. marriages. And that doesn't mean that your marriage has to be struggling or failing, like we're gonna be there. We have a great marriage, but you have to constantly battle for a great marriage, right? Well, and Satan sees good marriages and he's like, Oh, I want to go for that. Yep. Like he'll use whatever. If he can divide something, he can. he'll try to divide yep, it. Yep, that's right. He's the great divider. Yep. So, um, yeah, we're going to do that for marriages. And this, we may have some different nights. It's, yeah. it's going to be awesome and it's a yeah. journey and we'll be obedient one step at a time. Yeah, and, and I just know that prayer changes things. Yep. So when you get on your face, and that's something, Chris, that you and I have done is is we have we have met with God and communed with God and, and been in fellowship with him on our faces. Um, 
allowing him to change our hearts yes. and mold us into what he wants us to be and not what we think we're supposed to be. Right. I think it's that picture of the walls. You know, it's a lot of times, I think all the time, mm-hmm. God has to come in and just kind of with the wrecking ball of mm-hmm. his love and grace, like tear everything down in us, every single brick into ground zero level and before we can be rebuilt. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that's so important because if there's any pride or idolatry like that's still in our lives, forget it. Yeah. You know, Satan will use that mm-hmm. uh, against us. And so we have to be always, you know, hands wide open, mm-hmm. hearts wide open. Yeah. That's how the posture we have to live our lives in. Yeah. For sure. It's so good. So empowering leaders and families. That's awesome. I was going to, we picked the word empowering um, because it, it means something really awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of read this to you. Empowering means to give someone the authority or power to do something. So, for instance, Jesus empowered us when he said in Luke ten nineteen, he said, look, I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power yeah, of the right. enemy, like yes. not some of it, but all, all of, it. of it. That's right. Nothing at all will harm you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has empowered us. Mm-hmm. And some of the synonyms of empower is to authorize, to permit, to allow, mm. to sanction Jesus has sanctioned you. Mm-hmm. He's commissioned you. He's enabled you. He's equipped you. Uh, and then it also means to make someone stronger and more confident. Mm. Right? I love that. To Especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. Mm. How awesome is that? Because we have rights as sons and daughters That's of God, right. mm-hmm. of the King. And yep. we should be walking in those rights. Mm-hmm. And Satan doesn't want us to know about those rights that yeah. we have. Yep. Um, Jesus said in Luke four eighteen, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is a prophecy from Isaiah mm. that he's quoting. Remember, he's standing up in the temple reading yeah. this yeah. and they get so angry at him afterwards because of what he's saying. Yeah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has set, sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Mm. The blind will see the oppressed will be set free. Mm. He's empowered. That's so good. That's so good. And that's really our heart is we want to see people empowered to live out who God has called them to be. Leaders, lay leaders, leaders of companies, leaders of families, and to really see people step into that that calling that God has on their life. Yeah, because everyone has a place in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the the God of this world, Satan, would want to to just blind people and make them think that they don't have any place. There's nothing special about them. Right. But, you know, the opposite is true. Like mm-hmm. if you lead a business, if you are a teacher, if you yeah. are a homemaker, whatever you're doing, if you are a son or daughter of the king, yeah. you have a place in the kingdom That's and right. you need to be empowered to lead where you're at. And sometimes people just need to be cheered on. Oh, They for just sure. need to be reminded like, hey, you're a leader. You got this. Everyone needs encouragement. I, I had uh, a rough morning at work this morning mm. and an awesome friend of mine, a mm. great man of God, had lunch with me and it was not a coincidence. Mm. You know, Satan That's wanted right. to get me down yep. and he, uh, this this guy encouraged me so much. It was mm-hmm. awesome. So, so man, good. who you run with, who you um, put around you is so important. Yeah, that's so good. Well... Chris, I'm so excited about this, even though we don't know exactly what it looks like. It's it's exciting because we don't have it all mapped out. So we just get to trust God to take it one step at a time. We're like Abraham. We're going to a land. We don't even know what it looks like. Yeah. Don't even know the destination. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening and yeah. for hearing our heart and our vision for Building 58. You can follow us on Instagram. We're BLDG58. 
on Instagram and we'll be posting videos up there and um, just you can catch when the prayer nights are. Yep. For, and if you need prayer for, for anything, one of the things we want to do, James says the effectual prayer of a righteous man and woman. Yep. I'm going to throw that in there. Yes, Availeth thank you. Yes. much. So, man, our prayers, they, they count. And I think it's so easy for us to just jump on our phones and scroll through there and post stuff yeah. when we should be using that time to pray instead. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to get back to that. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with social media, right. but man, it can be an addiction. Yeah. And we want to take over. Yeah, totally. And we want to bring you truth and bring you scripture, but also bring you really practical things yeah. too, to help you grow in your leadership and to encourage you and um, give you some of the things that we did well and some of the things that we didn't do well as leaders and how we learned along the way. So thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you.